If you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of James. We're starting a new series here today that will actually run through Labor Day weekend. So we're going to camp out in this book here for several weeks. And today we begin, and I, I start here with a little note that was given to me, some sermon notes that's entitled, James in a Jiffy. You can cover today's message in two minutes. And so this was given to me right before the service, and um, we're just going to put that right here in my pocket. I'm not going to mention uh, any names, but it rhymes with reg, and it starts with a C. Thank you for those sermon notes, Mr. Carlson. Appreciate that. <laughs> like to have a little fun there. Today's message is entitled, The Joy of Growth. And um, I just want us to think about things in our life that uh, maybe we've experienced or we watch people experience that brings us joy because you can see there's growth happening. Perhaps it's a young child that moves from their knees into a walking position and they walk across the room and as parents that just brings you a tremendous amount of joy to see the growth taking place in somebody's life. Or maybe it's a, a baseball coach softball coach and they're working with kids at the beginning of the year and they see areas that they can help those kids improve and then maybe down the road in one of the games this kid that continues to strike out finally hits this ball and uh, the joy that that brings that little kid and the joy that that brings that pastor there's there's a joy that comes from growth and another one that was given to me this week was uh, if you're out on a boat we took the Ignite students boating uh, this last Friday, but sometimes people like to ski. We didn't do any skiing, but that can be a process. If any of you have water skied before, I have never done that. I don't plan to do that, and um, I'll be in the boat gladly spotting for that, uh, but I won't be out on the water trying to pull that off. And, uh, but it's a process, trying to get up on the water and learn how to balance yourself and ride on the water with those skis, but once you get it down, there's a thrill or there's a joy that comes with the growing process. But a question I want to ask us here this morning is, what if difficult circumstances are actually a means of growth? I've listed to you some good things, and there's a joy when we see the progress there, but what if growth comes through difficult circumstances? Can we find joy in the midst of difficulties? And that's what James is going to challenge us with as we walk through this first part here in James chapter 1. Uh, before we begin, I uh, must start with a little story that happened to my family uh, just about a week ago. Uh, we had the opportunity to go on vacation. We really enjoyed our vacation. We went to North Carolina. We flew uh, from Minneapolis down to North Carolina. And um, in the past, we've parked at the Mall of America parking lot and gone to different activities, rode the train, and then came back, and we're on our way. And it's free. It's free parking. And so to save some money, my decision was... We're going to go to the Mall of America parking lot, ride the train into the airport, give them our bags, get on a plane, come back. We'll do the, just that in reverse order. And uh, so our plane came in uh, a week ago Friday evening, and um, it's about 9 o'clock or so, 
and we're riding the train, and it's probably about 9.30 while we're on the train, quarter to 10, and as a husband and a father of a five-year-old, I begin to question whether or not this was a good decision. Um, being on this train in Minneapolis that late at night with my family, all our luggage, um, I just thought, you know, maybe this wasn't a very good idea. Um, but we ride the train into the Mall of America, and if you've ever been in that parking ramp, they've got ways that you can remember where you parked. Each level's kind of got a certain picture that you can remember, and then there's certain areas of the parking lot that are numbered, and so we had that in our mind, and we walked to that area, and there's not really a whole lot of cars in here because it's close to 10 o'clock at night, so our vehicle should be very easy to find. Only it wasn't easy to find. And I begin to wonder, are we even in the right spot? I'm pretty sure this is where we, we parked. I'm confused. I'm a little bit uh, flustered. And they had these uh, security intercoms that you could go up to and push, and then you could begin to speak with security. And so I found one of those, and I begin to give them my issue, my trouble, my concern. And um, they asked me, well, what kind of vehicle do you have? And I begin to describe... Uh, the vehicle, and they said, oh, sir, there's no overnight parking. Uh, your vehicle has been towed. <laughs> my thoughts exactly, right? We're here in this parking ramp with my family this late at night, and um, I'm just going to confess to you that as your pastor, there were some things going through my mind that weren't exactly <laughs> spiritual and things that I wanted to say. How many of you can relate to situations where maybe you start to get fleshy and you want to say some things? And I, I asked the lady, I said, where's the signs? I'm looking around. I don't see this posted anywhere. And she said, well, it's when you pull in, the sign is there. And also by the elevators, which we would have taken. It's just, I'm clearly, I'm not in the wrong, right? I mean, it's their fault and I'm frustrated and, um, you know, Brady, uh, God bless her, she's like keeping things in perspective for me, and she's like, your five-year-old son is watching everything that you're doing right now. <laughs> and at that point, I, I, I try to kind of, okay, like, we're going to be all right, we just got to figure this out. So where is it? So we, we call the company that, that's the towing company, um, and that'll be $340 in cash only. And uh, I'm thinking, are you kidding me right now? I said, sir, where are we going to find that kind of money this late at night? And he said, well, I'm technically doing you a favor because we're not open right now, but I'm going to let you bail this out. Oh, well, thank you for doing this favor for me. And so we work our way through this maze of a parking garage, and we happen to find a couple security guards on their cigarette break. And I'm thinking, these people could help my family in some way, they got a vehicle right next to them, and I, I ask them for help. And of course, whenever we are asking them for help, it's like, well, you're just going to need to call a cab. And one security individual even said on the intercom earlier, good luck finding one this late at night. And it's kind of like, we need help. And we're starting to get a little frustrated and, and working through this difficulty. And so we're walking zigzag around, and there's an international house of pancakes across the street from the Mall of America, all lit up, like we're going there. That looks like where we can maybe start to sort this thing out. There happens to be an ATM inside this place when we walk in, so I was able to start withdrawing the cash, limited to $100 each time, 
And then when I went to do it the fourth time, my card says you've reached your daily limit on the amount of transactions you can make. I only had like $13 in cash in my wallet at that time, so I don't have enough money to get this thing bailed out. So I call the towing company, and he says, oh, that's fine, we'll just use your card for the remaining amount that you don't pay in cash. I mean, it's just like blow after blow after blow. Clearly, I'm a criminal, and so all of these things are justified, and you're, just, you're starting to work up this tension. And finally, we get an Uber driver, bless his heart. He was amazing to us, got us to the pound. We got there. I'm ready to do the transaction. And um, I pulled this card, but I said, is there a pastor's discount this evening? <laughs> just trying to, like, lay it on him, you know, like, come on, man, okay? Just trying to get my family home. And uh, he said, well, we don't have that, but I can knock it down to 300 for you. And it's like, well, that's just nice, because that's what I have. And um, so in the midst of that, I'm questioning a little bit, Lord, what are you doing in the midst of this? You know, I could have shared a story and said, we got there, and they said, oh, you're a pastor, guess what? For all the troubles you went through, we'll just wipe that bill clean, and then I can share some illustration with you guys about how Jesus wipes our, our, our sin clean and we're set free. That wasn't how it went. I paid the money. I was frustrated. And that's life sometimes, isn't it? You just go through difficult things, and perhaps you've walked through difficult things before as well, and I just lay the groundwork for you. Perhaps what God was doing wasn't necessarily so much in the circumstance as something that He was doing in me. Perhaps I needed to learn a few things in the process of the difficulty. And as we unpack this passage, guys, sometimes growth comes when we go through difficult things. And James even encourages us by saying, hey, embrace those things with joy. I wasn't very joyful. But at some point, we have to get to a place where we say, okay, I'm going to trust that God is up to something. Even though it was my own fault, I'm going to trust that God can work some things out, in, especially in me. So let's start here with James chapter 1. This is God's Word. He speaks to us through His Word, so let's pray asking God to settle our hearts to receive today. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. I pray that You'd settle our hearts to receive today. Everything it is that You want to say, I pray, Lord, that we would lean in and receive. Speak into our lives. Help us to respond. And we thank You. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first verse here, it's kind of setting some things up, so I'm going to start with this. It says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to start here by saying how neat it is that this is how James starts his letter. He's not a nominal Christian where he's like half in, half out. Like, I'm here for Jesus when it's uh, going good. Or if I, uh, you know, if I have an issue, he's my spare tire. He's like, no, I'm a slave of God. That means every day I'm going to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do for your kingdom today? We should all look to this as an example of a way of life. Lord, how can you use me? I want to be a servant of God. And he says, I'm writing to the 12 tribes, these Jewish believers that are scattered 
abroad. And they're scattered in part because of the persecution that's taking place in Jerusalem. So he's writing to people who are going through difficult times. They're struggling. So help that just kind of sink in. When he's addressing them, these are people who are going through tough circumstances. And he says, greetings. And then right away he gets in to addressing difficult things. Verse 2, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, even if that means your truck is locked up somewhere, that seems like an any kind category. Now my troubles aren't exactly like being persecuted or even put to death for my faith. But he says, any troubles, any kind, okay, he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just joy, but great joy. How many of you just embrace problems like that? Are you with James? Because my hand is just up for you to also raise it if you're there, because I, I don't feel like I'm like that. But he says that you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. And the hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. I just feel led to say this as I, as I explained my issue, guys. In the big scale of things, it was just $300. When it comes to being rich or poor, it's all money in the end. Okay? I'm glad my family was safe. I'm glad we were able to get that vehicle out of there. But when it comes to troubles and situations, sometimes we can get caught up in the worldly and it can begin to cause problems. And I was dealing with that initially, but at some point we have to go, you know what, it's just money. Even though it was a lot, it's just money. Verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. And we, out of all creation, became His prized possession. I think this section gives us a great response 
to trials, to difficulties, to struggles in life. And I want to walk through those here this morning to help us because the reality of it is we're going to walk through some things in life, sometimes unexpected, sometimes things we've caused, sometimes things that just simply land at our doorstep. We're dealing with them. The first point I want to make is that any trial, any trial is an opportunity for growth. So accept it with great joy. Accept it with great joy. You know, James in verse 2 said, any kind, and he said, accept it with great joy. So one of the first parts as we walk through difficulties is, is sort of an acceptance. Like, okay. Sometimes it's like, there's nothing I can do about this. So I'm just going to accept the fact that I'm going through something difficult here. And so when you get to that point, then you can start to embrace it with a joy. And that's what James is telling us. The next part here is, God gives wisdom generously to those who ask for it and receive it by faith. That's verses 5 through 8. He gives us that. Look, if you need wisdom... Ask God who gives it generously, and He'll give it to you, and don't doubt it. Okay, Put your faith in the fact that God is giving you wisdom. Another way to look at this, and one thing that I read is it's like, if you take God's Word and you're like, okay, here's one way I can respond to it, here's another way I can respond to it, here's advice I was given by a friend, you've got all of these ways that you can respond to it, and you're like putting God's Word on the same level of all these other options. James is trying to say, God's wisdom needs to be priority. Put your faith in that. Maybe even if it doesn't always make sense. But we put our faith and trust it. If you put all of these different things out there for you to try to decide, it's like you're going to be tossed around in this ocean of all these different emotions and, and ways that you can go about this. It's just like, just focus on the one thing that God wants to do here. Put your focus there. And I must confess to you, when I was walking through the stressful thing that I walked through, a week ago, I don't remember praying for God to give me wisdom. I'm just being honest with you. And that probably led to some of the frustration. If I'd have just parked it for a second and said, okay, we just need to pray as a family asking God wisdom, that's not what I was doing. If you need to vote a new pastor in because of that, I understand. <laughs> That's just not where my heart was at that moment. So the next thing we need to understand is that trials are inevitable no matter who you are. No matter who you are. Whether you're poor or you're rich, you're young or you're old, trials have a way of kind of equalizing. doesn't matter who you are, you're going to go through difficult circumstances. And so you embrace them. You know, James says if you're poor... Think about it this way. God's honoring you. If, if you're rich, think about this. God's humbling you. But we can embrace these trials because we know that everybody goes through difficulties. And sometimes we can get caught in a comparison, right? Why is it that it seems that that person never walks through difficult things, but I continue to walk through this and this and this? And when you start comparing, oh my goodness, that, that's some unsteady ground. 
And what can happen, the, the enemy can actually use that. You feel like you're being sort of shorthanded by God. That's one. But then two, sometimes you almost root when they go through difficult times. You're like, it's about time. Okay? We have to be careful with that comparison thing. And I want us to understand here, too, when he talks about poor and rich, let's understand that God's blessings go beyond material things. How many of you believe that? It's not about the amount of money in your bank account. Think of the spiritual blessings that God gives us each and every day. Like I said, my family was safe. Okay? And I didn't blow up. And Judah's like, whoa, this is how you react to, to difficult things. I'm thankful for that. It's funny, he had a lot of questions while we were going through this. What, what's going on? Where's our vehicle? Last Sunday, somebody goes, how was your vacation? What was your highlight? He's like, my dad's vehicle went to jail. Like, <laughs> that was his highlight. <laughs> we're just making memories, you know? But God's blessings go beyond material blessings. And I think that leads us to this next point is God blesses people who patiently endure. And that is tough. But He blesses those who patiently endure. And some of those blessings, they can be right here on earth. You know, God's doing some growing in you. Right? Those are things that are here and now, and maybe God in His grace can work a situation out that, that is here on this earth. But James emphasizes what's to come. It's not necessarily here on this earth. He emphasizes that it's in heaven. And that can be hard. Because it's like, this is what I feel now. This is what I'm walking through now. And heaven sometimes can just seem like it's so distant. But James tries to keep us in that perspective. And, and to help kind of drive this home, I know I've done this illustration before, but I, I was actually thinking of this this morning. I'm like, if it's here in the building, I'm going to use it uh, today. And it was. And so you've seen me do this before, but I think it drives the point home. But I'm going to need a volunteer who can help me out here for a second this morning. So, oh, Reg, yes. Come up here, buddy. So, Reg, part of volunteering here is you actually get to leave church. Oh. So, there you go. Could you just walk that out of the sanctuary? Okay. Yep. There you go. So, as he's walking this out of the sanctuary, I want us to just think of this rope as a timeline. Okay, perhaps you've seen me do this before, but I think this helps us gain perspective here. All right? And it helps when Pastor Russ doesn't tangle it all up before the illustration. You're doing a great job. Okay? But I want you to picture this blue portion here as our timeline here on earth. And I want you to think of the rest of this as eternity. Okay? And eternity, folks, it just goes on and on and on. There is no end. Okay? But for all of us on this earth, there's a point where it's going to come to an end. And we transition to one of two places, either heaven or hell. And what you do with Jesus here determines the rest of your eternity. And I want us to think about this when it comes to trials and difficulties and the things that we walk through. We can walk through something maybe right here, or maybe even early in life or late in life, but 
Let's keep things in perspective here. James is saying there's a blessing for people who patiently endure. And that blessing may not just be here on earth. He's saying, actually, it's actually this crown of life, the eternal life that God gives and the blessings that He has for us in heaven. Let's try to keep perspective. But God blesses those who patiently endure. Thank you very much, Reg. If you want to wrap this up from your end, and then you should come back in and join us for the rest of the service, right? So thank you very much for helping out there. But God blesses those who patiently endure. And what's interesting is God gives us advice here of patience. He also gives us a warning. Verses 13 through 15. Don't let impatience lead you to sin. Keep in mind, this entire passage is about going through difficult things. And so he begins to address that we're tempted. And we're tempted, and there's these sinful desires. Our our flesh leans towards sin. And he calls us out for that. And we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in all of the frenzy that we begin to make poor choices out of the difficulties that we're walking through. Some of this is like, look, because I'm walking through this, evidently God must not care. This is what some people think and what they go through. And the enemy causes them to, to think these things about God. And so since he doesn't care, then I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing. And the, and the difficulty or the trial or the struggle has led them to actually start moving away from God and doing destructive things. And they begin to, to make poor decisions. And the enemy just starts to create an entire mess out of what was a very difficult struggle and circumstance here. I want to read to you a, a note that I thought was excellent from the Life Application Study Bible. But this is your note for verses 13 through 15 if you have a life application Bible. It says, It's easy to blame other people and make excuses for evil thoughts and wrong actions. And we use excuses like, Well, it's the other person's fault, or I couldn't help it, or everybody's doing it, or it was just a mistake, or nobody's perfect, or the devil made me do it, or I was pressured into it, or I didn't know that it was wrong. And then this last one is, is like, Well, God is tempting me which we already know from the Scriptures, it says God doesn't tempt people. It's not in His character to do that. That comes straight from the hand of the enemy. It says a Christian, on the other hand, accepts responsibilities for their wrongs, and they confess it, and they ask God for forgiveness. But be careful. Don't let impatience in a situation lead you into sin or lead you into making... And here's how it goes sometimes. It may not seem like I'm just going to go out and make sinful decisions, but some of it might be like, because I'm waiting on the Lord and nothing's happening, I'm just going to take matters into my own hands. And we go and we make it even worse. Can anybody relate with me on that one? Okay? Don't let impatience lead you to sin. Verses 16 through 17, I think is key in the midst of this. I said, just as as people maybe blame God and say, I'm going through this difficult circumstances, so God must hate me, or God must not like me, or God must have it out for me, or whatever. And so we just we, we get frustrated with God, and we just start leaving Him and, and going into some poor directions. Here's something that I think is important. God is still good even in trials. 
He's always good. This talks about how good gifts come from Him. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but God is good and He gives life and light. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He is good. We'll do the call and response. If I say, God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. Even when we walk through difficult circumstances. God is still good. The last point I close with here in verse 18. James says He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true Word, and we out of all creation became His prized possession. Folks, in the end, whenever we walk through something difficult, in the end, salvation keeps everything in perspective. I've heard people say, I can't imagine walking through this circumstance without Jesus. Have you ever heard anybody say something like that? You're thankful for salvation. You're thankful for what God has done for you. Even though you're walking through these difficult things, I'm thankful I have Jesus. I'm thankful that I do have heaven to look forward to when I walk through difficult things here on this earth. I only have that hope because of salvation. And the other part of that is, sometimes when we walk through difficult things, it can actually bring about salvation for people. That might even be ourselves. There's people that walk through difficult things and it actually leads them to a point where they're going, I need Jesus in my life. Doesn't that just bring everything into perspective? When you consider that timeline, like yes, I walked through something difficult, but that's where I surrendered my life to Jesus and asked Him into my life. And it changed me. Or maybe you walk through something difficult and how you respond to it or how you minister to people through it leads them to Jesus. Is it worth it then? Well, in light of eternity, I would say it possibly is. But salvation keeps everything in perspective. And so as we close this morning, I just think, as I said earlier, inevitably we're all going to walk through trials. So I'm guessing that I'm speaking to somebody who's going through something, or I'm giving you some helpful guidance for when you will go through something. But James gives us a response for trials. Embrace them as an opportunity for growth. Ask God for wisdom in the midst of it. Okay, we understand that, that God blesses those who patiently endure. And, and uh, to understand that everybody goes through these difficult uh, circumstances and, and troubles. I shouldn't lead myself into sin when I go through difficult things. I should stay patient. And I also recognize that God is good all of the time, even when I'm going through difficult things. And lastly, is there some salvation opportunities in the midst of what I'm walking through? And so we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us respond. And times where we fall short, we ask for God's grace to help us through that. And uh, we continue to try and put effort into making the right decisions. 
So I close today by asking just a simple question. Is the Holy Spirit saying anything to you today? Um, as we were walking to IHOP, there was a certain point where it clicked. Oh, this is making it into a sermon. I can tell you that right now. And, um, I, and I'm like, wow, already this week. Like, that was quick. And um, so to some degree, I also embrace that in saying perhaps I walked through that just so that maybe today it could be an encouragement to somebody that we just walk through things. And um, as I ended with that point of salvation, if you're listening today and you can think through your own life and you're going, is Jesus a part of the equation? I want to encourage you to make him a part of the equation and um, receive him into your life. And I will lead us through that here as we close in prayer. But before we close in prayer, I'm going to ask that the worship team would come forward for our uh, response time here today. And I'm also going to ask that the prayer team would um, make themselves available here uh, at each corner of the sanctuary as we go into a time of worship and response to the Word of God today. If you have a prayer need, I want to encourage you to come forward and receive prayer from our prayer team. And uh, we're just going to reflect and respond to God's Word today. So would you please pray with me right now as we get ready to respond. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your guidance and Your grace as we walk through this life. Lord, I thank You for the words you gave James to share with the believers who were going through very difficult things. And Lord, perhaps there's somebody today that this message touched them in a way that this was an encouragement. And with every head bowed and eye closed, if that was you today, if this message encouraged you, would you just acknowledge that for me today by just lifting up your hand and putting it right back down? Thank you very much. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement you bring. Father, perhaps for someone listening right now that you are drawing into a relationship with you. Today's a day where they can surrender their life. Know they can have peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're listening right now and you desire that relationship with Jesus that I'm talking about here today, I want to lead you in a prayer of faith to receive Him. Simply say in your heart, Jesus, today I surrender my life to You. And I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I receive You by grace through faith as my Lord and my Savior. Please make me a new person. Walk with me, talk with me, guide me, lead me. Here, right now, in my faith journey. And I thank you that this gift of having you in my life means that I also get to spend eternity with you in heaven. And I thank you for that hope. Thank you for this gift of salvation. If 
there's someone here this morning that prayed that with me, again, with every head bowed and eye closed, just simply lift your hand and say, Pastor Russ, I prayed that with you today. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Anyone else? Simply lift your hand and put it right back down. Father, thank you for these individuals that are responding to you today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would absolutely give them the power and the strength to live for you from this day forward. And Lord, now as we respond together as a family here today, I pray that your Spirit would move among our hearts, continuing in this time of response, this praise and worship. In the time of prayer, Lord, if there are people here today that have things upon their heart that they would desire prayer for, I pray you'd give them the courage to find someone to pray with them. Lord, have your way with this time here. Before we close this service, before we walk out these doors, if there's things that you want to continue to do in our hearts, we invite you into this moment. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.